Welcome to the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast series, which can be heard on VHHA.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get podcasts. We're a member of the Public Health Podcast Network, the Virginia Audio Collective, and the World Podcast Network, and the Family Podcast Network. And we're on the radio each Saturday at noon and Sunday at 10 a.m. on 100.5 FM, 92.7 FM, 107.7 FM, and 8.20 a.m. across Central Virginia, and 16.50 a.m. in Hampton Roads, and Wednesdays at 1 p.m. on 93.9 FM in Richmond. Please send any questions, comments, or feedback to pcfpodcast at vhha.com. That's pcfpodcast at vhha.com. Today, we're joined by Dr. Daniel Cox, a professor of psychiatry and internal medicine at the UVA School of Medicine, for a conversation about his career and innovative new approach to managing type 2 diabetes and more. So welcome to the podcast, Dr. Cox. Thank you, Selena. Let's start by getting to know you a bit better. If you would, please tell us about yourself, your journey, and a few professional highlights. Well, I've been an NIH researcher at the University of Virginia for the past 40-plus years, working primarily on diabetes and how behavior affects diabetes and how diabetes affects behavior. And then approximately 13 years ago, 2010 actually, I found myself having some unexpected weight loss, which I was appreciative of, and some blurred vision. And I went to my ophthalmologist and they couldn't find anything. And then one night I found myself getting up, going to the bathroom and drinking a lot of water. And all of a sudden the light bulb went off. I have diabetes. And I went to the office the next day and measured my blood glucose and it was high. But I engaged in a little denial and said, no, this can't be. I'll come back tomorrow and check it again. And I came back the next day and sure enough, it was high. So I then gave into the realization that I had diabetes. And I went to my uh, endocrinologist and colleague, and Tony McCall, and he wanted me to go on metformin right away because my A1C was 10.6. And I knew that while medication is very effective and very appropriate, it's also a downhill slide. That is, you start off with metformin and then you increase the dose of metformin, and then eventually that doesn't work very well, so you add additional medications, and eventually that doesn't work very well, and then ultimately many people end up on insulin. And so I told Tony at that point, give me a chance. Let me try to see if I can bring my glucose down by lifestyle changes. And I came in about four or five months later, saw Tony, my A1C dropped down to about 7.5, and Tony's response was, that's great, but we still need to put you on medication. It's still too high. And I said, well, Tony, I've made a lot of progress. Let me see if I can continue to work on this. And then the next time I saw on my A1C, which is a measure of your overall blood glucose, and my A1C had dropped down to about 6. And to be diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, your A1C has to be 6.5 or higher. So actually, I had become, quote, non-diabetic, unquote, after about 6 to 8 months of changing my lifestyle. And at that point, the nurse in the office said, Dr. Cox, this is great. Come and talk to our patients about what you're doing. And I was a little hesitant because while it was working for me currently, I didn't know if that was going to work for me for the long term 
nor was I sure that that was going to work for other people. So I put that off for a while, and then there was a snowy day in Charlottesville where we couldn't get to work. The clinics were closed, and I took that as an opportunity to write down my experiences and how I was able to achieve the A1Cs that I had. And then after having that in a written form, I went in to LifeScan, a company that produced blood glucose meters, and I said, would you be willing to evaluate or fund this study to evaluate this program that I've developed for myself and see if it works for other people? And they did decide to fund it, and then I received funding from a variety of blood glucose meter companies and then from the National Institutes of Health. And the bottom line is we've published seven different studies, and every study has shown that this intervention, which we call GEM, G-E-M, and GEM stands for Glucose Everyday Matters, in every study we've published, on average, people have reduced their A1C by one point or greater. And our most recent study, the average reduction in A1C was about 1.8. And this is in contrast to metformin, where the average A1C reduction is about 0.8. I'm quite excited about what's happened to me personally, and diabetes has turned out to be the best thing that's ever happened to me because I'm healthier and I'm in better control, and it has opened up a whole new line of research that has been quite successful up to this point. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you kind of touched on this, but for the context of our listeners, one of the reasons Dr. Cox joins us is to discuss an exciting clinical trial he's involved in examining an innovative new approach to helping people with type 2 diabetes, a condition that affects 1 in 10 Americans and in simple terms affects the body's ability to regulate insulin, which can lead to serious health conditions including heart disease. Diabetes is a leading cause of death among U.S. adults. Dr. Cox, what things should people know about diabetes and preventative healthy behaviors they can take in their own lives? Well, that's a very good question, Selena. And basically what we need to realize is sustained high blood glucose is toxic or destructive to the nervous system. And the nervous system controls all body organs, including blood vessels, including digestion, including vision, sexual dysfunction, etc. So diabetes can affect basically every organ system in your body if it is not controlled. As I said, it's the sustained high blood glucose that is problematic. And so the treatment focus, whether it's pharmacological or the GEM approach, focuses on reducing how much your blood glucose goes up and how long it stays up before it returns back to a normal level. And what pushes your blood glucose up primarily is net carbohydrates. Net carbohydrates, if you look at a nutrition label of a cereal box or anything that you can purchase at the grocery store, is the total carbohydrates, that's what you see on the nutrition label, and you also see 
grams of fiber. And to find out what your net carbohydrates for this product is, is you subtract the total carbohydrates from total fiber, and that gives you your net carbohydrates. And if you multiply your net carbohydrates by four, that gives you a rough estimate of how much that blood glucose will push your, how much that food will push your blood glucose up. So for example, if you have a whole grain piece of rye bread and you look at the nutrition label and you see that it has 24 grams of carbohydrates and four grams of fiber, that one slice of bread has 20 grams of net carbohydrates, which by itself will raise your blood glucose about 80 points. And so if you are an informed consumer, you will know how many net carbohydrates are in the food you're eating and how much you are therefore pushing your blood glucose up with that individual food choice. Now, the other side of the coin is not how much you push your blood glucose up, but how quickly you bring it back down. Because again, what is toxic to the body is the overall blood glucose exposure the nervous system has to blood glucose. So that is affected by both how much your blood glucose goes up and how long it stays up. You can bring your blood glucose down relatively quickly with physical activity. So there was one time I had zucchini fries, and I was thinking, well, zucchini fries, that should be a lot better than French fries because it's a vegetable, right? But it's also breaded before it's fried. So I had a full serving of zucchini fries along with a hamburger and a bowl. Came home, measured my blood glucose, and it was about 200. And I thought, wow, you know, just the breading on these zucchini fries were spewing me in. So I start to take a walk to bring it down. And I walked about a half hour and my blood glucose had dropped to 160. And I said, well, 40 point drop, that's pretty good. So I keep on walking and for another half hour listening to a book on tape as I was walking, it brought my blood glucose down to 120. And I thought, this is great. And I walked for another 15 minutes. I brought my blood glucose down to 80. And that is the power that physical activity has on one's blood glucose, on my blood glucose and other people's blood glucose. So people can be empowered to control their blood glucose, one, by eating foods with less net carbohydrates, and two, using physical activity to bring their blood glucose down. So we're not a victim of diabetes. We can manage it if that's our inclination. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. And you kind of touched on this earlier um, in our first question, but in what way, if at all, has your personal experience inspired your clinical work? Well, I think my clinical experience also 
informs me that your partner, your spouse or your partner plays a significant role in the management or can play a significant role in the management of your diabetes because that's the person who you cook with, who you eat with, who you are active with. And my wife, Debbie, has been central in aiding me in the management of my diabetes. When we go to the grocery store, we're always reading nutrition labels. We, you know, may be cooking together, decide what to eat, or what to prepare, how much to eat, going out and exercising together, or just walking together. So that's part of my personal experience that we are extending into our current research project, our current NIH grant. We've touched upon the clinical trial that you are involved in, which is the Glucose Everyday Matters, or GEM, program, which recently received $3.5 million from the National Institutes of Health. Research has shown that the GEM approach put almost 70% of participants in remission for type 2 diabetes without weight loss or medication. The new trial will enroll 200 people in Virginia and Colorado and assess them over five years to see if GEM helps them better control their blood sugar and reduces their need for medication. Could you tell us more about this body of work and its future potential as a means for managing diabetes? What we are doing is recruiting people who have been diagnosed with type 2 diabetes within the last 12 months. And these individuals will be evaluated comprehensively in terms of their blood levels and their hormone levels and their personal psychological functioning, et cetera. And then they will be randomly assigned to either routine care, and routine care is whatever they and their doctor think is most appropriate. So it may be medication, it may be going through a weight loss program, whatever they think is right, or they will be assigned to routine care plus the GEM intervention. And the GEM intervention is a four-session, six-week program, which involves a self-administered treatment where you do not have to come to UVA for the treatment. You administer it to yourself through a manual and, and home exercises and diaries. And we provide people continuous glucose monitors and Fitbits so that they can see how active they are, they can see how their food choices affect their blood glucose through the continuous glucose monitors. Let me just say, a continuous glucose monitor is a sensor you wear that measures your blood glucose every five minutes and displays it on your smartphone. So you can just turn on your smartphone and see what your blood glucose is right now and what it has been. And with that information, you can look to see how the food you just recently ate affected your blood glucose or how the physical activity you just engaged in affected your blood glucose. So you get randomly assigned to either routine care or routine care plus the GEM intervention. And then four and a half months after you start the program, we reevaluate you physically and psychologically and behaviorally and then do that again a year later so we can see the short-term benefits of routine care and whether adding GEM to routine care is of significant benefit and at 12 months follow-up, how long or how well that those effects have been sustained in terms of blood glucose control, in terms of the amount of medications you're needing. 
Awesome. Thank you. For more information about this study, please contact Corey Reinders at car2r at uvahealth.org or call 434-422-2653. Again, that's car2r at uvahealth.org and the number is 434-422-2653. Compensation is available for participants. And thank you so much again for being a guest on our show today, Dr. Cox. Before we let you go, we do have a tradition on the Patients Come First podcast to ask our guests a pair of personal fun questions. To keep things interesting, we have a list of 10 mystery questions. So please choose two numbers between 1 and 10, and I'll ask you the corresponding questions. Uh, Let's start with number one. All right. Number one, in the hypothetical scenario that you could anticipate your final day on Earth, what would your last meal be? (laughs) Oh, it would be uh, lobster with spinach and... Beets topped with a cream sauce accompanied with dry red red wine. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Do you want to pick another number? Uh, How about 10? Number 10. What is your happy place and why? My happy place is at the beach where I can contemplate the uh, ocean waves coming in and out and how repetitive but various life experiences are while under the warm sun and the sand between my toes. It's a great answer. I love the beach as well. And that will bring us to the close of another episode of the Virginia Hospital and Healthcare Association's Patients Come First podcast. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe so you know when new episodes are released. And we want to once again thank our guest, Dr. Daniel Cox, for joining us today. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you.